So Tyson is on vacation, so I figured I get to, I get to mix it up since he asked me to speak. Um, I'm going to be down here if that's okay. Is that okay? If I, I don't want to be too close, but um, so I, I'm excited uh, for this message today. And what I want to speak on, um, I want to go to the very beginning of the Bible. I want to go to Genesis, and uh, I want to look at the story of Esau and Jacob, but. Have you ever had a time in life where you were expecting things to go a certain way and they didn't? Maybe the way you approached it wasn't the best. Maybe you did everything needed, but someone else took the credit. Or worse, they just took exactly what you deserved. That's what I want to talk about today with this story of Jacob and Esau and really focus in on Esau. Because Esau gets a bad rap. If you're familiar with the story... Esau is kind of known for giving up his birthright. He was the firstborn of Jacob and Esau. He was, the, he was the oldest. So he traded off his birthright for a bowl of soup. He was hungry. His brother tempted him. And it wasn't a great decision. So he isn't looked at always in the best light. And granted, that was not his best moment. But further on in his story, I think we can all relate a little bit with Esau. So as you look into the story... Um, there's a moment where his father tells him, I'm going to pronounce my blessing over you. His father is aging. He's not doing well. He's starting to lose his sight. So he's ready to pronounce the blessing over Esau to kind of take over as head of the family. And so he tells him, hey, I, I'm getting ready to do this for you. So what I need you to do, I need you to go hunt down and prepare this meal. And then I will eat the meal and pronounce my blessing over you. However, Esau's mom really loved his brother Jacob more than him. And she wanted Jacob to get the blessing and not Esau. So she had a plan to kind of mix that up a bit. So, and you might be familiar with this, so I just want to go through it for some that might not be as familiar. So she made the meal that Isaac would have wanted, just the way he wanted it. She wrapped Jacob's arms with a sheet pelt and had him bring the meal to Isaac. And meanwhile... Esau's out doing exactly what his father asked him. So Isaac goes into the room, or sorry, Jacob goes into the room, and Isaac says, well, who, who's there? And he said, it's me, Esau. He's like, well, that doesn't sound like Esau. Come close so I can, so I can feel your arms. Then, then, I'll know, then I'll know who that is. And so he feels Jacob's arms wrapped in the sheet pelt and goes, yeah, that's Esau. So the question here needs to be, how hairy really is Esau? If a sheet pelt can make the father believe he's touching his son, I mean, I'm thinking like he looked like he had a sweater on 24-7, kind of hairy. Like you go to pat his back, you never smack skin, you just get like a fluff of hair. Like I can't imagine how hairy he must be for sheepskin, a sheet pelt, um, to, <laughs> to supplement for his skin. But Isaac's like, yeah, that's my boy, that's Esau. So he eats the meal, pronounces a blessing which made Jacob master over the family as Esau is out hunting, doing exactly what his father wanted. He's not going crazy. He's not trading his birthright. He's actually in the will of the father. And he walks into the house. He walks in just as this blessing is being pronounced, just as it's finishing up. And so he walks in, and Esau is coming in like, Dad, I, I've got it. Get ready for the meal. And then he just sees what's happening. Isaac hears him come in. He goes, who's that? And he goes, it's me, Esau. 
And Isaac begins to tremble uncontrollably. He realizes he had pronounced a blessing over Jacob and not Esau. He realized he's been tricked. And that due to his lack of sight, pronounced a blessing on the wrong son. But realize his word is his word. So the blessing had to stand. So here's Esau. He realized what happened. In the room, staring at his brother. Mind you, he still has his bow in his hand. And he's probably thinking, Jacob, you're about to be dead. But he turns to his father and begins begging him, Dad, what about me? I was doing what you asked, and Jacob just took this from me. And I, I want to do what we can. Before moving further into this, into this story, I want to I try to have us step into the scene and get a little feeling of what it might have been for Esau. So, so let's say that you start dieting, and, and you, you go on the, this new Whole30 and you're, you're 17 days in, and your friends find out about it. They're like, oh, your friend is like, oh, I want to give that a shot. I'll, I'll, give, I'll try that out. Like, what do you do? Okay, I, I can do that. And so, you know, day 20 hits, three days later, and you go to weigh yourself, you've gained eight pounds. Meanwhile, you, you see your friend, like, you know, I started this three days ago, but you're not going to believe it. I've lost 28 pounds in three days and not really even done the diet. I mean, you have moments like that. It's just, it's so You want to punch him in the face because you haven't eaten anything good for 20 days, and they're sitting there not even doing it and losing weight. It's annoying. And, and that can be a funny example, but what about when it's something you've been wanting? Maybe you've been wanting to have a baby. You and your spouse have been trying, to, and you know, it seems like it's not happening. And then you meet this new couple, and boom, they, they, on the honeymoon, they get pregnant, and you're like, we've been trying for 10 years. Why not us? Or, or this, I've been praying, I've been fasting, I've been putting in the offering, but I don't get the promotion? And this kid comes in who hasn't been here but a minute, and now he gets to be manager? What about me? Or, or here's one. I've been volunteering at this church for a long time, and this new person comes in, and they get to be a team lead? Or, or she gets to be the, the main greeter at the door? Come on, you know my wave is a whole lot better than hers. We, we can get annoyed with so many things. You can think of a season or time in your life where you were doing everything God told you to do, and then someone walks in and gets everything you thought you were supposed to get, and you're stuck there like, what about me? So we start comparing we start competing, we get bitter and hateful, and that's Esau right there in that moment. He sees his brother get the blessing. He was supposed to get it, and his first reaction is, I hate you. I hate you. And you know, we do our best to play it off if someone does annoy us, someone gets something that we wanted, we do our best to play it off like, oh, I'm not mad about that. I don't. But when you see him at Walmart, you're dodging down the next aisle trying to avoid him. Or you see on Facebook that their status changes to in a relationship, and at home you're like, oh, that's not going to work. That's never going to work out. But you see him at church, you're like, oh, I'm so happy for you. God bless you. God is working in your life. It can be so annoying. So I, I just, I feel bad for Esau. I mean, what a horrible situation. Have you ever thought deeper about his story like this in this moment right here? It's sad for Esau. But I was looking at this passage, and something hit me. And I bet a lot of us don't know what happens after this moment for Esau. 
Some of you I know, you are Bible scholars, and you do. But for the rest of us, I, I want to show you what kind of stuck out to me about this next moment. So they're in the room. Esau begins pleading with Isaac, Dad, please, you must still have something for me. Dad, please, just something. Give me, give me one thing, anything. He's begging just for one blessing. And then he begins to weep. And there's nothing worse than a, for a parent than a child at their feet weeping, begging. Not even adding in the fact that he is covered in a lot of hair. This hairy man at your feet weeping. So he's like, okay, Isaac or, or Esau, I'll give you this. And I think it's incredible wisdom, fantastic insight for life. I think we'll have this verse on the screen. But he says to him, you will live away from the richness of the earth. That doesn't sound so great. And you will, and away from the dew of the heavens above, still doesn't sound so great. You will live by your sword and you will serve your brother. But here's the verse. He says, but when you decide, when you decide to break free, you will shake his yoke from your neck. So a yoke is that thing that you plant on an animal to control where they're going. It's what weighs you down. It's what holds them back to not let them have control. When you decide to break free, you will shake your brother's yoke from your neck. I'm here to talk to you about today, church. It is time to decide. When you decide to break free, what someone else did to you or took from you can't hold you back anymore. When you decide to break free, you can break the bondage that is holding you back. Come on, somebody needs to break free today. When you decide. So, so that made me think, what happens to Esau after this? Because that sounds great. That sounds great. When you decide to break free, okay. But in the heat of the moment, he just lost everything. His world is crumbling. And many of you may be living this version of Esau today. Sitting there with the thought of, I've been coming to church faithfully. I've been doing everything I'm supposed to do. Why did someone else get it? Why did someone else get the relationship? Why did someone else get the baby? Why did someone else get the promotion? Why did someone else get the healing? The list can go on and on. And you're just stuck with Esau. But that isn't the end of Esau's story. Further in scripture, there's a great reunion. You know, we, we see in chapter 32 of Genesis, Jacob wrestles with God. He says, God, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. Wait a minute, Jacob. I thought you were already blessed. So why are you asking God to bless you? You're already blessed. So some of us keep praying for God to bless us. And all we need to realize is that God is already for us. And if he doesn't do anything else, he's already done enough. And then chapter 33 happens, this reunion. So the last time... They were in the same room. Esau was ready to kill Jacob. So Jacob ends up fleeing town to save his life. Jacob knew Esau is coming back home again, so he begins to send gifts to him. He's trying to, ahead of their meeting, he's trying to butter up Esau because he believes Esau still wants to kill me. So he sends animals, goats, a bunch of gifts, and that way, once he gets there, he will find favor with him instead of being angry with him. And we, and we come and see this passage, uh, this next passage. Then Jacob looked up and saw Esau coming with his 400 men. Imagine what Jacob is thinking when he sees that coming. Esau's got an army. I'm done. 
So Jacob divided the children among Leah and Rachel and his servant wives. He put the servant wives and their children at the front, Leah and her children next, and Rachel and Joseph last. Then Jacob went on ahead. As he approached his brother, he bowed to the ground seven times before him. Then Esau ran to meet him, embraced him, threw his arms around his neck, and kissed him. And they both wept. Wait a minute. That doesn't sound like Esau hasn't been living blessed. And realize Jacob has no idea what's been going on in Esau's life after their moment where he fled. But when you can embrace the thing that hurts you, it's a good indication the yoke isn't on your neck anymore. When you can celebrate with the one who did everything they could to ruin you, to ruin your life, it's a good indication the yoke isn't on you anymore. When you can celebrate the person who got the role or got the job instead of you, it's a good indication the yoke is not on your neck anymore. And the story gets better because Jacob's like, hey, I brought you all this stuff. And Esau responds with, I don't even need that. I got my own. You can keep your stuff. Then Jacob says, well, let me lead us back home. And Esau says, wait, I can lead us back. I know you may have taken everything from me, but I have a God who has given me all that I need, and he calls me favored, and he calls me chosen, and I don't need you to lead me home because your yoke isn't on me anymore. So for you, when you're ready, it has to let you go. And if it's not gone, then truthfully, you're not ready. If every time that person posts, it frustrates you, you're not ready. If every time you hear their name and you're like, ah, you're not ready. If every time they advance, you cringe, you're not ready. But the moment you're ready, no matter what God does in someone else's life, it won't stop him from doing something in yours. And some of you right now, it's time to decide. And the yoke has got to let you go. Can I say it another way? Someone else's blessing doesn't have to be your curse. Someone else's blessing doesn't have to be your curse. See, when Esau walked into the room and saw the blessing going over Jacob, he immediately internally thought, I'm cursed. But his father told him, yeah, you're going to have to go through all this stuff. But when you decide, all this stuff looses off of you. And just because your brother is blessed doesn't mean you won't be. So don't go around walking in bitterness. Don't go around walking in comparison. Don't go around walking in frustration. You've got a God who has blessed you. And once you realize that, there is nothing the enemy can do to stop you. Some of you are not stepping into your calling, your full calling, but rather settling for a mediocre one because you are letting the advancement of other people determine in your mind that that's as high as you're ever going to get. Sometimes we have to take things in the increments God gives us, but we want to rush it. You know, I, I wonder if Esau's life would have been the same if he had just been given the blessing. Would he have turned out the same way rather than having to work, put in the work that he did to get where he was when he met back again with Jacob? Would he have been ready for that responsibility or would he have squandered it? We have to go through a process. And if we are truly listening to God's voice, we'll hear if we're ready or not. And sometimes the process requires chiseling out things in our lives 
that aren't of God so he can fully use us. Because God likes to use dead things. Dead to the criticism, dead to the opinions, dead to the spotlight. Because if you shift for the applause, you'll die from the lack of it. So the moment you can become dead to the other noises around you and realize just because someone else has it doesn't mean you won't. We talked about how Jacob wrestled with God. And I know scripture doesn't show this, but I like to think that Esau had a moment where he wrestled with God long before Jacob did. There had to be a moment where Esau had to decide who he was going to listen to and who he was going to be where he wrestled with God and said, God, I know the plan you have for me, but it doesn't look like right now I am anywhere near that. I believe that's how he was able to embrace Jacob in that reunion because he did not need the validation from the person who wronged him to tell him who he was. He already knew. So I think if you're going to decide today to break loose from the yoke holding you back, you have to look in. If you are going to break out, you've got to look in. Too many times we look to outside sources to solve internal issues. And we can easily fall to saying that someone didn't do something for us or we can say someone did something to us and we use that as an excuse to never look at us. And some today need to hear the thing you need to break the bondage that is holding you back is not something else exterior, it's on the inside of you. You've got to let go of comparison, of criticism, of judgment, let go of compromise, let go of wanting what someone else has so you can focus on what God has for you. Esau, he did good. He did good. He could have settled. He could have sat under his brother his entire life. He could have lived a comfortable life And had he been provided for, he wouldn't have to do all the work he did. But he would always struggle with resentment of what was taken from him. The work is often worth it if we are willing to allow God to use us. So can I give you something to consider today? Because some may be thinking, you know, that yoke I deal with, it's not a big deal. You know, it's just a little bit. It's nothing huge. But can I leave this for you to consider today? If you don't deal with it, it will deal with you. And I know that sounds cheesy. I know that's corny, but it's the truth. You think it's just a little bit of frustration with another volunteer, but that will turn into, I don't want to go to that church anymore. They don't value my gift. And it's really not that the church didn't value your gift. It's that you didn't really value your gift because you thought others valuing you would add something to what God has already put inside of you. You were supposed to use the gift and not look for someone else to validate it. And God is looking for people who are willing to serve and realize that they are everything they need to be, regardless of people saying something or not. If you don't deal with it, you'll start becoming critical. You'll start to become jaded. You won't build any good, healthy relationships and you'll forget who you were created to be. And the problem all along is that you were looking for someone to complete or validate you, not realizing you were already complete and validated to begin with. No one should be able to add anything to you. Only compliment what God has put in you.
I want to encourage today those that maybe you are taking steps that are brand new for your family. Maybe you haven't had an example of a good parent or a good relationship or what it looks like to follow Christ. No matter what examples you had before, you have a heavenly father who is the example of what we are to follow. And maybe God is raising you up to be the key that unlocks his favor on your family for entire generations. And the only way that happens is you decide to shake the yoke off your neck that has held down your family and you stand and say, God, I'm deciding today to be the change for my family and their future. It's time to decide. You know, for me, and I don't know where the band is, but if the band wants to come up. For me, I could have let the fact that my dad walked out on our family when I was in sixth grade hold me back. I could have let the fact that my mom got into a horribly abusive relationship after that hold me back. I could have let the feeling of being on my own since high school hold me back. If I'm honest, I used to hate my dad. I I used to hate my dad. But then I realized he is just a man who needs the same grace and forgiveness that I do. I knew God had a plan for me. And I know God has a plan for each one of you. And he is ready for you when you are ready to decide. When you decide, he will shake the yoke of bondage off your neck and it has to let you go. If I could ask everyone to stand to your feet. And as we pray, I want to have us lift our hands. If you'll bow your heads, lift your hands with me as we pray. Father, I pray for a shaking moment for every person in this room. That God, we know there are things in our lives that we've been holding on to and we haven't told anyone about, but internally we know it's affecting us. God, I pray you will give power of a decision today. That today some things get loosed off of our lives. Some shame gets loosed off of our lives. Some guilt gets loosed off of our lives. Some comparison gets loosed off our lives. That whatever issue is stunting our growth or our progress, God, I pray that thing has to go. That thing must go. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Every head, every hand down. I believe some of you here today, you've been walking in that bondage of shame because of some decisions you made that ultimately you think God will never accept you. You're not meant to carry that. This Jesus we communicate every single week is the Jesus that wants to take from that wants to take that from you. All guilt, all shame, all condemnation was nailed to the cross. He didn't die to point a finger. He died to provide help, and there's many in desperate need of that help. You didn't know it. You thought you could do it on your own. You thought if you just made enough, had enough, were involved in enough, that it would satisfy that hole in your heart. Maybe the things that you have tried satisfied for a moment, but at the end, you're still left empty. There's only one who can fill that void. If that is you, I want to pray for you today because I remember what it was like to search for everything else thinking it would fix something and it never did. I believe today that many of you are going to decide. Decide to let Jesus in. Decide to let him lead you. Decide to surrender everything over to him. 
And when you do that, I promise you everything will change. You won't be perfect. You'll make mistakes. You won't always get it right, but you are going to be following someone who is perfect and gets every decision right. And he's going to stick by you. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. And he is going to walk with you and talk with you and teach you the unforced rhythms of grace. And he will guide you into all truth and provide a door of escape for you when you are tempted to go back to the old habits and old ways. He's a good God. I'm going to ask every person in this place to repeat this prayer with me. Say this, dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Help me to live for you and love you all the days of my life. Today I'm new. Today I'm changed. Today I'm forgiven. Today I'm free. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. I'm going to open this up. If you want to stay, if you want to respond, we're going to sing a little bit of the goodness of God. If you want to stay, please do. If you want to talk, please come forward. If you need to go, we will see you next week. We love you. But go knowing his grace, his goodness, his love. And decide today we are going to allow him to have every single part of us. Amen. Thank you, guys.